different kind of cop. Larry, the question isn't whether I can work with you. It's how you're going to handle working for me. Now go paint my fence, bitch. <laughs> Everybody pile on into Mackie's Clubhouse for the last time in season two. I'm Kevin. I'm Cletus Van Dam. <laughs> yeah. We're back. The Shield yep. podcast that has all the right responses to your romantic queries. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I have my cavassier. So, <laughs> Jank, we're uh, we're at the season two finale. Yeah. Episode thirteen, the, the finale of season two. Um, you know, we had a we had a weak lead up to the to the to the to this episode. The last two episodes were shit, but I'm gonna be Boy, honest with you. <laughs> this episode wasn't very good either. I mean, <laughs> after watching it, I watched it earlier today. I was like. You know, I kind of just shrugged my shoulders at the end. Like, All right, whatever. <laughs> it was an episode, I guess. You know, it had the title yeah. at the beginning, and I saw Vic in there and stuff. But not nothing really to write home about. Like, I don't know. This isn't a, a strong way to go out on a season, I don't think. Well, in a way it was, in a way it wasn't. Like, I thought the Money Train stuff was good, but the episode overall, you're right, it isn't all that exciting. Um, like, the Money Train stuff is good, and obviously it sets up for amazing things later on. Like, I remember when I first saw this episode, like, I was so jazzed by the end of this episode. I was just like, oh, shit, like, what's going to happen from here? Yeah. But, um, yeah, the episode in and of itself, not the most exciting. Yeah, I hear you. I was I was a little bummed out. Uh, but what are you going to do? So, yeah. episode 13. Domino's falling. Yeah. Which I'm definitely going to have to put in a clip of uh, David Hasselhoff singing that from the <laughs> True Survivor song. What? <laughs> Did you ever watch Kung Fury? It's yeah. uh, it's like a half hour long kind of a movie, I guess. Um, it's on YouTube. You, I think you you can still watch the whole thing free on YouTube. Uh, it's hilarious. They're just trying to make like a goofy 80s action movie, but it's just over the top in all these like the best ways. And they've got this like uh, David Hasselhoff theme song, <laughs> the song oh. called True Survivor, where they keep uh, they say dominoes falling in there at least once or twice. I have no idea, but there, there is some kind of, speaking of Hasselhoff, is there something on Netflix with him where he's kind of mocking himself? Mm. Yeah, I saw a, tra- a trailer for something where he's like kind of bay watching where he's running in slow motion and he dives into like a fountain at some hotel or something. I don't know. What the fuck's <laughs> going on. Then he eats a, then he eats a hamburger off the carpet, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, the original air date on this episode, April 1st, 2003, April fools, everybody. You thought you were getting a good one, but you didn't. <laughs> and directed by Scott Brazil again. This is his fifth episode so far in two seasons that Scott Brazil has directed. Yeah. They saved, uh, like all the special features for this disc. It was basically just this episode and then a bunch of special features. Mm-hmm. So I started watching some of those for uh, the season two special features. And uh, one of them was this director's roundtable. They had Scott Brazil, uh, that Paris Barclay, and uh, what was the guy who was in, like, 30-something? Oh, Ken Horton? Yeah, Ken Horton. Yeah, Peter Peter Horton. Horton. That's it. So it was the three of them and Sean Ryan. And uh, they mentioned that that, uh, Scott Brazil has directed the most episodes, at least as of this point in season two. 
Oh, okay. Uh, any director. And I guess he's also kind of the one who has to, like, mentor when they get a new director, like, to show them, here's how we do it here on The Shield. You know, like, here's here's what to do and not what not to do. So I guess he's kind of, you know, very responsible for the overall look of the show even uh, when he's not directing. I see. Yeah, because when I looked him up on IMDb, IMDb earlier today, it said, like, I think he was, like, executive producer on, like, 78 episodes. Yeah. And then he, I think yeah, he ends up directing, like, 12 or 14 episodes over the course of the entire run, something like that. Yeah. But, uh... He's committed. Yeah. Um... There's a little bit of uh, joking back and forth because, like, apparently a couple of his episodes, you know, the, the show normally shoots in seven days, and a couple of his were eight days. Uh, like, they gave him that because they're like, oh, there's so much going on. So the other directors were kind of pissy at him the whole time. Like, this motherfucker gets eight days. Well, <laughs> I'm going to say he got four days for this episode. <laughs> there's, there's really, like, there, in theory, there's a lot going on, but, like, it's all more kind of implied. <laughs> that garbage truck work takes, you know, several days, probably. Yeah, that probably did. Yeah, Ronnie moving levers and what have you. All right, what's, so... Uh, what's funny is they were talking a lot about, uh, like, you know, the season. Like, they showed... Each so, showed, like, a clip from one of their episodes and that kind of shit and would talk about it. And uh, that Paris Barclay, he was basically talking about that episode where... Uh, we just did it recently where Shane got bit by that dog and then Lem ends up shooting the dog. Yeah. He's like, we probably spent most of the day... <laughs> On that 58 fucking seconds of screen time. Oh. Holy fuck. Wow. <laughs> it's like, god damn. Because, yeah, I guess, you know, working with a dog, like, what are you going to do? You know, you always think about that. Like, oh, it'd be fun to be an actor. But I don't think it would be fun to be an actor at all. Yeah, although, I mean, I, at the same time, I also wouldn't mind sitting around. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to, like, having to go to work and pretending to look busy. At least they don't expect you to do anything if you're not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like you know have you heard the horror stories of the way like uh stanley kubrick like uh treated uh what's yeah, her shelly uh Duvall. in the shining and stuff like doing 109 takes and screaming at her a- after every one until like she had like a mental <laughs> breakdown that doesn't sound that doesn't sound yeah i guess it's it depends on, uh, on your director it also <laughs> doesn't sound generic. fun to spend all day for 58 seconds of screen time you know what i mean you know, like, that would feel uh, pretty shitty what now, do, do, we do, know today? Who, do we know who wrote this episode uh this one was written by sean ryan himself oh okay uh, i think he usually at least so far has done all of the finales and season openers huh that's weird all right. Um, and he steps in to, to take on those chores himself, I guess. And, and but, also, uh, Jake, since we're at the finale, there's only one episode in it, You know, we're only talking about one episode. So this episode might be a little shorter. Like it might not yeah. be. Also, I intentionally didn't drink today because I tend to get chattier when I'm drinking. <laughs> so I, I was like, no, 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 no. Just back away from the booze. You, you don't want to spend all day on this. Give that for after the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this thing, Jake. All right. So, so they, there was a big scene they cut out uh, where they basically show Vic getting booked at this other police station, uh, but apparently that got deleted. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't want to get don't don't, don't want to put anything too interesting in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like another cop getting arrested and stuff. Yeah, you don't want to see that. No, of course no. not. No. <laughs> I so, mean, I guess I could see their point in that Shane basically goes to Corinne and. 
he mentions that, oh, you know, Vic got booked and he's going to be there overnight. So like, this scene kind of, you know, sums that all up. So it's kind of redundant, I guess. But, I mean, it is, you know, interesting to see him being booked at this other police station. Right. Because we, we knew he got arrested. It's only assumed that he got booked. Let's see the booking. Don't mm-hmm. I don't need Shane or I don't need, you know, Vic's wife. You know, is that just a way to, like, you know, shoehorn, into the, shoehorn her into this scene? Because, like, like you said... The, 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 this episode opens up with Shane at Vic's house and he's talking to Corinne through the door like, you know, why'd you do this to Vic? And, you know, he's distracted and we're all going to get killed because his head's not in the game and you got to just back off at this divorce bullshit. And it's like, all right, you know, calm down, Shane. It's been five minutes. He's like, I can't <laughs> even get him out of jail till the morning. Yeah, they mentioned that that basically all the, the bail bondsmen are closed by this time of night, so... That's yeah. why I had to wait till the morning. And um, I don't buy that either. You're telling me in Los Angeles they don't have a 24-hour bail bondsman? Like, yeah. Shane hasn't run into enough law enforcement guys along the way. He doesn't know a bail bondsman that would do him a favor. The movie Good Time sure made it look like bail bondsmen are open at any time of the night. Same with Jackie Brown. Like, yeah. He was always around or whatever. You know. I don't know. I agree. But this, I, I mean, know? I guess this scene does lead to a kind of a good cut where it immediately cuts from, you know, him leaving Corinne's house to Vic bitching at him for going to Corinne's house yeah. in the first place. Yeah, I hear you. He should have called Jesus Christ bail bonds. That's yes. who he should have called. And if uh, anybody bail. if anybody doesn't know who Jesus Christ bail bonds are, go ahead and look at YouTube and Google up Jesus Christ bail bonds. They're pretty awesome. They are tremendous. I love them. So, guys. yeah. So the very next scene, they're all just standing in the middle of the street. Like, Vic's out. We don't even see, like, Shane go and pick him up. Like, Vic's just in the street. Like, why'd you go to my house and shit? So <laughs> did Shane not go get him? Because if Shane would have picked him up, you would assume they had this conversation in the car. Uh, I got the feeling that he knew about it. I, I don't think Shane told him. I get the feeling that uh, Corinne called angry about it. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> okay, so so do they all just say, oh, let's meet on the corner of 4th and Main and we'll just discuss the money train in the middle of the street? Like, did they all just – like, I don't know. It's just weird that they yeah. just decided to meet in the middle of the street to talk about the money train. That does seem like a terrible spot to have this meeting. Yes. Yeah. Pick anybody's house or anything. Yeah, I know. It was weird. But anyways, <laughs> that's what's going on. So they're talking about the money train. Um Acevedo's answering questions to the press, you know, oh, you you decided to fire your own strike team and stuff and yourself. You know, he's just trying to look good for the voters because it's voting day. It's time yeah, to vote yeah. for city council. And Election is finally here. Yeah. I guess this is the primary, they say. So this is just to see if he gets to be the Democratic nominee. Although they mentioned later on that basically this, this uh, district is so Democrat that it's basically a foregone conclusion that he'll win the seat. Huh. All right, so uh, Vic ends up meeting with the captain, and the captain's, you know, he's telling. Vic oh yeah, the chief. Him. Yeah. Or not the yeah, not the captain, the chief. Yeah, he's meeting with the chief, and the chief is like, "Hey, listen, uh, I don't really know what the hell's going on there, but you know, you, you get good, uh, you know, you got a good arrest rate, but I'm not sure I like your method, so you." toe the line basically is what he yeah. tells me you better start this is where Vic finds out that Aceveda had put him and his guys on the list yeah um which in the next scene he basically you know confronts Aceveda at the barn 
And uh, I was like, what the fuck? Why'd you tell him to fire us? And this is where, you know, their kind of season-long truce comes to an end. Yeah. <laughs> and they basically just start cussing each other out again. Yeah, right they're both like, this one. is supposed to be like, well, fuck you, fool, fuck you back, you know? Like, we're yeah. at that point. He's and, trying to uh, park Vic. He's like, I heard about your arrest. You're fucking on desk duty all day. Vic's just like, nope, Chief wants me out making arrests, so fuck you. You can't yeah. do anything. You're out of here tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, win or lose, you're out. We okay. also find out here that Aceveda has to fire 27 people that day. Yeah. Yeah. According to the chief, 27 people have to go. And, you know, that comes up because, you know, as as the episode's going on, he's calling, hey, you know, hey, Jim, hey, McIntyre, get over here. Like people we've never seen before. Like, you know, yeah. you know what's going down. But it's like, all right, well, we've never even seen this guy before. So who gives a fuck? And Acevedo was supposed to make those cuts himself. But since he didn't, the chief came up with a list of names. Yeah. And then we get the theme song at 510. Ba, 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 theme song, Jank. That's where we get. Yeah, right after Aceveda and Vic are babbling at each other, that's where the theme song plays. So now we see Shane and Lem, and they're trailing an Armenian guy. This guy's, like, bouncing around, making phone calls and shit, and they're they're behind. At this point, they still don't know where the money train is going to be. Like, they know it's been moved to a new site, but they have no idea where the fuck it is. (laughs) Yeah, so they're following this guy, hoping to you know, follow him to the, the building that they're going to run the money train out of. Yeah. Um, Aceveda tells Claudette that her ex-husband has been killed. He was murdered in the street and her daughter was a witness to the thing. Oh, this is weird. Yeah. And, uh, so is. he tells Dutch, you're going to take the case. Claudette, you can only observe. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Like, I don't understand the whole concept of it. Like, because doesn't she she's at the crime scene like she's doing her regular job. It's just kind of like Dutch is the lead guy. Well, I think she's not technically doing anything police related. Like, she's not allowed to be involved in this investigation at all. She's just there to be, you know, moral support for her daughter. Um, But she's not allowed to have anything to do with this case. All right. Yeah, so, well, you know, considered breach of, uh, you know, personal conflicts or whatever. Does that make sense to you, though? It does seem weird that they would put Dutch on that case then. Like, yes. Put some other detective on there. Yeah. So he's not the partner of the uh, the person who has a personal interest in this case. Yeah, because even well, I mean, Dutch does say, uh, well, why don't you put so and so on this case? And also is like, we're a little short handed today. <laughs> so I don't know if that's reference to I'm firing pretty much everybody else. So just go fucking do it because there's nobody else to do it. Well, he says like Dutch is like, why don't you put you know Robbins and this guy on there? And then he immediately goes to Robbins and this guy come to my office. So <laughs> yep, they're gone. Yeah, yeah, everybody's going. Um, we see as uh, you know as Shane and Lamb are following that dude. The Armenian guy. The Armenian guy gets rear-ended by another dude. <laughs> the dude rear-ends him in the car, and now the Armenian guy's pissed, and he comes back to Shane and Lem's car, who's like, they're, you know, they're the third car in the line, and he's yeah. like, you saw what happened, right? That guy just rear-ended me. The, you know, always the dude with the shitty car doesn't give a shit what happens. You'll be my witness, right? You'll be my witness and tell the insurance company you saw that happen. And that's when Shane was like, uh yeah yeah uh, yeah sure uh let me get your cell phone number i'll give you my cell phone number and the guy's like you know hey i'm i'm whatever his name was and that's where shane says i'm i'm cletus van dam 
A it's, name that Shane is apparently way too proud of, as we'll see next season. Uh, he likes that name far too much. <laughs> oh, okay. That comes back up again, huh? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Van Dan. That's pretty great. Yeah, it is pretty <laughs> Although good. Although it also screams of being fake. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever met anybody named Van Dam in your life? <laughs> no. No, me. I've never met a Cletus other than Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel on The Simpsons, so. Mm, yeah, I've never met a Cletus. Nah, I've never met a Cletus either. That's a good point. Uh, Danny confronts Crossbones about Colin Julian's kid and that whole thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, 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 this storyline's getting played. Um, <laughs> so we find out that Vic and Ty, what's his name, Tyrell? Uh, Tavon. Tavon, okay. Vic and Tavon, I just have T in my notebook. That's I can't remember. <laughs> uh, Vic and Tavon find out that Johnny says April Fools. Like there, there's some kind of I, old gang yeah. thing going on. So basically, they need a case, uh, and they got nothing going on. So they kind of weasel weasel their way into the Dutch case of uh, trying to figure out who shot Claudette's husband. Yeah, because, uh, so once again, they're on the chopping block, so they, yep. they're trying to look busy today. They got to get days, a nice they clean win for the Chiefs. they got to be involved with something. They can't yeah. be sitting around today. Yeah. Otherwise, so they, they might be fired next, so. They do kind of just glom onto Dutch. Like, yeah. all right, Dutch, we're just, uh, yeah, we'll help you, Dutch. We need something to do, basically. So, yeah. so tell tell the kids what, what it is. Uh, so... Claudette's daughter, she, she was in the car with her dad. Somebody walked up to the car, said something through the window, and then shot her dad. Uh, she couldn't make out exactly what it was. But after talking, uh, Vic and Tavon talked to this big uh, fat guy who's like a drug dealer, I guess. Yeah. Um, and they talked to him in the parking lot, tell him, you know, hey, tell us some, some info or we're going to bust your shops, your, uh, your illegal gambling joints. And he's like, all right, fine. So he says that something about these E-Park Johnnies. It's like black gang that used to run shit you know 10 years ago or something uh now that armadillo's out of the way things are up for grabs again and these east park johnnies are really trying to make a play again so they're bringing back these uh, april fools parties and i guess vic talks to his old partner joe clark who i wish we would have seen but unfortunately we get no apollo creed this episode um and he says that basically yeah this was a thing 10 years ago where they would count up how many of their gang they lost that year and then they would all draw dominoes, and if they got the lucky number of the people, number of people they lost, those people would get to be shooters, and they would just go randomly shoot people. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And they would say, Johnny says April Fools. And they're pretty sure that that's what, uh, you know, Claudette's daughter heard. Yeah. And Dutch is suspicious because wherever this shooting took place is a very, like, druggy sort of neighborhood. And, and uh, Dutch looked into, you know, the ex-husband and he's had some drug arrest. So he thinks that the, that the ex-husband and the daughter were there buying drugs of some sort. Yeah. But we don't know that yet. And uh, meanwhile, like Claudette's daughter is going through a mug book, uh, looking at all these, you know, suspects, trying to find the guy who uh, shot her dad. And Claudette kind of pulls her aside and like, hey, if you find this guy, don't you tell Dutch. Like, you just tell me and we'll figure something out. Because she doesn't want her daughter being involved as like a witness in a in a murder case with gangs, but uh, the daughter gets kind of pissy about this. She's like, "Ah, oh, what the fuck?" And class like, "I'm not trying to let him go. I'm just, you know, looking out for you." Yeah. 
So Vic and uh, Tavon, they they come over and they tell Dutch, and you know, here's here's what we found out or whatever. But Claudette doesn't want Vic anywhere near this case. <laughs> you know, yeah. she's like, uh, uh, you like, know, oh, thanks for the tip. Dutch will handle this. Dutch will take it from here. Dutch will. Oh, take we want to help. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. No, Dutch has it. Don't worry about it. You just stay yeah. the fuck out of this. Um, Shane and Lamb tell Vic and Ronnie they lost that Armenian guy. You know, because they after they you know after whatever they, they exchanged numbers and all that shit, they tried to tail them, but they couldn't. You know, now they that guy knows them, so they couldn't get too close, and they ended up losing them. Yeah. So yeah. they have his cell phone number, so they go to Radiohead's house. <laughs> And apparently Radiohead is some criminal guy who was tracking cell phone numbers for, an, like, some gang. Yeah. I, this is what they should have done in the co-pilot episode, was have a whole backstory of how they met this guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's something I would have liked to have seen if they are going to do a flashback. They show up uh, and, like, you know, like, oh, who died in here and shit? And then, like, dude comes out, he's like, they turned my water off last month. So apparently guy hasn't <laughs> taken a shower in about, you know, four weeks or so. So it reeks. Yeah. He's got yeah. his electricity going, but not not the water. Just doesn't have any need for that. So they they give him the number, and he's like, "Well, you know, if they're not doing anything, I can only kind of give you where they're at." Yeah. So now the guy is, with a name as stupid as Radiohead. They should have at least had somebody in that scene, like Ronnie, when he's trying to use the computers, to be like, "Okay, computer, just throw in some oh, kind yeah. of a, a Radiohead reference." Yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a creep. You know. Something yeah. Like yeah. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Um, so we're back at the station now, Jank, and Crossbones comes up to Julian and tells him, like, you know, you're gay and all this. Don't think we're going to back you up. And Julian flips out and just picks him up, tackles him. I don't. Yeah, I don't he's like, he's like, I'm going to call social services, make sure that kid still has his cherry. Oh, yeah. That's God, that's what he's shit. And he's yeah. like, ah. Yeah. He throws punches is there any punches thrown i don't remember uh, breaking yeah, up much yeah he didn't have any like visible bruises or anything afterwards yeah <laughs> um so ronnie is it ronnie uh shane and ronnie are there with the map now they kind of have an idea of where the armenian guy is they they triangulated his whereabouts mm-hmm. type of thing through like three cell towers they don't have an exact address but they know he's within this triangle somewhere yeah because it's like some weird dead zone where the, there's no cell service so they're like well it's probably there it's this industrial park like that would make sense <laughs> so they, they go to scout it out but uh Tavon bursts in, and they just kind of pulled the map off the table, and it was completely obvious what they were up to. Yeah. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And he's like, oh, we love it here. Even on our day off, we got to come in and shit. You know, like, all right, that don't look weird. This guy already knows shit's weird. They are really fucked up in front of Tavon a bunch so far. Yeah. You should really pull, like, call off this whole money train thing right here and now, because you've already fucked up. Um. Uh, next con or next note, I have Acevedo's wife with an exclamation point. I can't remember the scene. I think he, I think they're on the phone or something. I don't know what's going on. It doesn't matter. She's in it. Um, strike team. Uh, they all call Vic. They found the location. Like mm-hmm. you know, the, the, uh, you know, the other three are. They found where this the money train's being set up. Lem's hesitant. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lamb's not sure if he wants to go through with this because, you know, they don't know, you know, obviously they didn't have time to really thoroughly scout this out. You know, they got to like do this, you know, on the fly, basically. And, you know, Lamb's always like, I don't know if we should. Um, I like that uh, Vic is talking to them about this in the car with Tavon sitting right there. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get he can't hear exactly what they're saying on the other end of the conversation, but you might be able to hear some of that. Yes. <laughs> okay, so here, for me, is probably the best scene of the episode. Um, Vic and Tavon show up to Lop's house. They call <laughs> him Lop because apparently his head is lopsided? Yeah, I guess so. I don't He's know. wearing a hat, so we don't really get to Yeah, to he, notice it, it looks like a regular head to me, but apparently he has a <laughs> lopsided head, so they call him Lops. And Lops knows who the shooters are, but he ain't giving up the information. But then Tavon just takes the fuck over in this scene. <laughs> and it's pretty awesome, man. He uh, What he does is he pulls his gun and he drops all the bullets out except for one, <laughs> quote unquote. So he makes it look like a Russian roulette type of situation, but he never put that for he never put that one bullet into the gun. But but Lops doesn't know that it yeah, looks yeah. like he put it in. So he's like, who you know, who's who who's the shooter? And dude's like, you know, fuck you or whatever, basically. And then click, you hear the trigger pulled. And, like, and then you hear Vic like, oh, you only got five more wrong answers. You know, who's the shooters? <laughs> And then, you know, like, you know, whatever, I ain't telling you nothing. Click, there's another shot. And the dude's like, he's freaking the fuck out at this point. And uh, finally, he gives it up, you know. Uh, he, he's like, all right, I know who the shooters are, but you're already too late. You know, you're, you're too late. You, Charlie's already dead, or I don't know if Charlie's the guy getting shot or if Charlie's the shooter. I don't even remember. But there's some kind of street fair, and Charlie's involved, and you guys are already too late for that one anyway. Don't matter. Yeah, Vic is trying to leave at this point because he's got to get to the money train. But once this guy says there's already a shooter at the fair, he's like, ah, fuck, I can't leave. Like, I got to go, you know, try to get the shooter first. So he calls the guys and tells them he's going to be late. (laughs) And, you know, it's this is, you know, if Tavon's not there, does Vic go look for this guy? Oh. Uh, I think he does. So you're saying... He gives up the money train to do his cop job. Because Tavon wasn't there to hear this, that the guy said the shooter was at the fair. Like, it was just him and oh, Vic. Oh, that is true. That's a good yeah. point. Vic's the one who told Tavon, you know, hey, we got to go do this. So, wow. I think he does. Huh. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, Vic Mackey's he, he's complex. He is. Yeah, that's what makes him so great. It's, this isn't just a regular, oh, we're going to go pick up, you know, three grand off this guy later on or whatever. No, yeah. there, there's a lot of money involved and he's willing to like, hey, you know, if I got to miss it, I got to miss it type of thing. Yeah. He says he'll be there, but he's going to be late. And he's like, <laughs> you know, this is too. <laughs> so we find out Lem finds out now that there's a plan B. And the plan B was a three-man plan, and he wasn't one of the three guys. Yeah. And Lem finds out about it. Um, and this, like, immediately, like, he throws, like, a baby fit where now he's, like, all for it. And, like, now yes. I'm do it. Yeah. So <laughs> he was all hesitant like, before. We're going right now. Fuck this, then. Fuck it. We're doing – go. We're going with plan B right this second. And, like, they're like, I don't know, man. And, 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 and Lem's like, no, we're fucking doing this now. So <laughs> – like you said, Ronnie drives the, the garbage truck into the to where the money train is, and uh, Shane and Lem 
are in the back of of the of the garbage truck. So Ronnie picks up the dumpster of garbage and dumps it into the back of the truck. So while the dumpster's upside down, Shane and Lem get in the dumpster and then Ronnie puts it back down on the ground again. Now what so are now, they holding on to in there? I don't <laughs> the thing know. Is all the way upside down, like yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I, how that works. Yeah, it would be rough. But maybe he, uh, I'll just assume, like, he, he he angled it right when he heard them getting in. So, I don't yeah. know, whatever, who knows? Yeah, there's so much, it. you know, there's so much, you know, suspension of disbelief in some of these episodes. You you just got to roll with it. That's one of the lesser things. Like, I, I believe this more than, you know, that when they stole the evidence off that fucking truck going to the, down, down. In, <laughs> oh, with the fake tattoo and the. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he he puts the dumpster down and they they sneak out Shane, Shane and Lem sneak out and they go hide like in the back of this you know empty warehouse they're they're hiding behind like a big tractor or something. Mm-hmm. So let me see well, let me see where I'm at my notes. Um. Oh, so Vic and Tavon. Yeah, they're at the fair. They're looking for the shooter. You know the big. You know they got all kinds of cops with them. And uh, they see the guy. The guy takes off running. Tavon gets him. Him and Vic kind of get him at the same time, like on a hood of a car, like out in the middle of the street, because <laughs> the dude took off. But Tavon got him. It was a cool tackle. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, speaking of, there was a uh, deleted scene um, from whenever the first episode with Tavon was, where Vic kind of tells Shane a little bit more about Tavon's backstory. Um. I guess apparently he was like a big, you know, star football player in high school. He had a full ride to SC coming, but uh, the, the, the one Niners, I believe, like wanted him to, to join their gang. They're like, oh, it'll be a big thing for us to get this, you know, fantastic athlete in our in our gang. And uh, when he refused, they basically, you know, uh, beat the shit out of his legs and, you know, broke both of his knees. So uh, he ended up not being able to play football anymore. Which, I don't know, maybe they left that out because they knew he was going to be doing a lot of running. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's, yeah that's this wouldn't make sense if he has <laughs> shitty knees. Um, so now, you know, they, they arrest that dude or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Shane and Lamb are watching what's going down with the money train. Some dude pulls in, up in a car and he just shoots some guy in the head. I don't know. I don't know who's who. Like, do we know who that guy is? Um, I don't think so i think it's just it's yeah just some armenians killing some of the other armenians we don't really know why uh any dialogue that there is was in armenian so it's just like eh, who cares yeah it's just like one one part of their mafia is mad at the other ones um so shane at this point he's panicking because like you know now yeah. a dude's dead he's like we we gotta call ronnie but there's no cell phone service but Lem's like, fuck no, we're we're going. Like we're doing this now. We're in this. Lem is way too gung ho. Yeah, it does, I don't even it get it. Doesn't make sense to me that Lem is this gung ho. I don't know if he's like, like he's just insistent because he doesn't want to look like a pussy in front of everybody. Like, oh no, 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 I'm not a pussy. Like, you know, I'm gung ho for this. But he was just like an hour ago. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know if we should do this or not. He's always been like that. I don't know. It's just Shane is actually being like the responsible kind of yes. level-headed one here, where yeah. you think he's usually the one who wants to do the stupid thing, but now he's just like, wait, there's bodies. Like we can't do this now. We gotta stop. Like, yeah. Because I guess it does make sense. Like theoretically, if it was just them ripping off the Armenian mafia, like 
they're not going to call the cops. <laughs> so no. nobody would ever know about this potentially. But yeah. once there's bodies, like that's going to get found out and then that's going to potentially lead back to them. And now they're on the rep, you know, on the hook for like a murder charge. No, they didn't do it. So weird. Um, so the next scene we get is kind of a big scene too, in the sense that Danny goes up to talk to Aceveda about crossbones and crossbones partner fucking with Julian and shit. Well, first there was a scene where Julian is up there. He gets called in by Aceveda and he's like, Hey, you know, I'm, I want you to tell me who's doing this. And Julian says, I'm not going to, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't know who's doing it. Yeah. He, no, he just the, says, the guys, I'm fine. I yeah. can take care of myself. Yeah, but then Crossbones and uh, his buddy see him coming, see Julian coming out of there, and so they start drawing their own conclusions. And then when Danny goes, she does rat them out. Yeah. So they just assume it was Julian. <laughs> yeah, and Aceveda's all like, uh, "Well, Julian don't want to do nothing about it, but since you're here, she's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's that's if they don't back us up on the street, that's Julian's life, that's my life. And he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, sure, that's don't want that." By the way, your life's not in danger anymore because you're fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. By the way, you're out of here. That whole thing <laughs> with the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the dude that got stabbed. Who, who the fuck? Uh, Armadillo. Armadillo. Yeah, uh, Armadillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You didn't pat that guy down, and she's like, you know, did you talk to the strike team about this? And he's like, uh, no. And she's like, well, who's looking into this? And he's like, nobody. No, nobody's looking into nothing. You're taking the fall. You're out. This, He's this a comes real from the chief. Yeah, this ain't my decision. The chief wanted you out. You're out. You're you're gone. And Danny's yeah. like, okay. And she has like this, like you know, we'll see kind of grin on her face as she walks out the door. Yeah, Aceveda. I don't know why he's being so kind of cold in this scene. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Strike team screwed you. Not my fault. Okay, so we're back at the money train shit, and they're they're going for it. Shane and Lamb, they go in, guns blazing. Vic shows up. Um, yeah, because one of the uh, one of the vans, the last van to arrive, saw them and started to try to take off. But luckily, Vic showed up and was able to shoot the tires out. Yeah, and so somebody got just in time. Now somebody gets shot in the thigh. Like it's a bad shot. I don't know if they hit like a major artery or whatever. Now did did like Lem shoot that guy or was that guy shot from the dude that showed up in the car earlier? Um, I thought the strike team shot him. I thought they did too, but then it seemed like it it seemed like they weren't taking blame for that. They were just like, we gotta help this guy. We don't want. I don't. You know, this guy ain't gonna die on my blood. You know, I don't want his yeah, blood on my hands. On our hands, yeah. But like, well, you know, if you shot him, then it is on your hands. So I don't know. I couldn't <laughs> tell. It was dark. I couldn't tell if they shot him or if that guy had already been shot from the other dude. Oh, he must have. Yeah, he must have been shot by the other guy. But long story short, Vic tells the dude, "Listen, we're gonna take you to the doctor and stuff." But we're also going to kind of frame you in a sense that, like, if your other buddies come looking around, it's going to make it look like you're the inside man on this job. And you told us about what's going down, and they're going to be mad at you about it. So just shut the fuck up. They the also thing about gonna... this scene is they take their masks off to talk to him, which, I mean, he, he's covered up. He, like, he's blindfolded. But what yeah. about everyone else who's around there? Yeah. Where are those guys at? Um. So, yeah. I wouldn't take my mask off any time I was in the middle of committing a crime. Yeah, you wouldn't think. <laughs> That's not allowed. 
you know what? Oh, I, well, it doesn't matter. I was going to say, I heard a story today where, like, down in Florida, like, <laughs> some some district in Florida, the sheriff down there said uh, his his employees, his sheriff, his sheriff's, his sheriff's apartment are no longer allowed to wear masks. They are not <laughs> oh, allowed to wear them. And if you're coming to the station as a civilian to report something or whatever, you are not allowed to put a mask on to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> Does that make sense to you? But whatever, I digress. We're, we're not getting political on this show, Jank. This world is going to shit, though. I don't, yep. I don't see this fucking, I don't see this planet lasting ten more years. <laughs> well, um, at least we'll get to see the end of it. That's something. Yeah, I guess. Not if the, you know, if if the finale of the Earth is like this episode, I'm going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> um. So Claudette tells Dutch she doesn't want her daughter being a witness in a drug killing, which, you know, that's understandable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily now, Dutch, it's a cool moment because Dutch now realizes why. <laughs> like after the first, this season started out with the whole little girl thing, remember, and what happened when, when they were talking to her about Armadillo and yeah. how Dutch basically got her to come in by leaving the notebook and shit like that. Like now he's learned his lesson. Like he knows now why Claudette doesn't want her daughter being involved. Yeah. So, so he's learned. He's learned a lesson this season for sure. Good they enough. they have the daughter looking at a lineup and she picks number two. And number two was number two who Tavon and Vic got. Obviously, that's uh, no, that, that was like the, the same guy, guy to me. <laughs> no, this was the this was another guy because there's three people who got the dominoes since they. The East Street Johnnies had lost three people, so there were three different shooters. Only one of them has actually shot someone yet. That's the one who shot Claudette's husband. But uh, what I'm saying is, where did they get number two then? Where did number two come from? Who arrested number two to bring him in? Um, they Tavon mentions that briefly, like, oh, we got the other two shooters. So I guess Tavon was on that. Oh, okay. Uh, Julian yeah. was one of the guys in the lineup. Yep, yep, that's yeah, cool. I saw that, but yeah. <laughs> so they're interviewing number two, and number two is like, I didn't shoot it. Mouser shot, you know, the guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now that, you know, now they go back and talk to Mouser, and Mouser's like, I didn't shoot nobody. Number two shot him. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you where he hides his gun. Yeah, and I'll tell you where he hides his gun. So, uh, yep, they got him dead to rights. Danny tells Vic that she got fired. And she's like, are you going to step up and be a, a guy? You know, you're going to be a man and step up and, you know, take responsibility for this? Because, you know, you know, I can't say for certain, but, you know, you, I know you or your guys were responsible for that fucking stabbing. And Vic, Vic does nothing. He just stands there. Yeah. He, he does not step up for Danny at all. He doesn't yeah. even say anything. I don't know. what. I mean, what is he supposed to do? If he says something, like, they're all going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Like, her losing her job is, is, you know, not as bad as them going to prison. So, yeah, yeah there's no way he could really come forward at this point. So then so then Vic goes and talks to Aceveda about, like, you can't fire Danny over this. This wasn't her fault. And he's like, hey, listen, are you going to step up? You're going to you going to say anything? You're going to do anything about this? And then Vic just once again, he says nothing. He, nope. He, he's not going to do nothing. He's just going to nope. <laughs> he's looking out for number one. Yep. Danny's just done for. <laughs> so, you know, we get to the scene where this is another good scene where Vic goes over to Claudette's desk. Mm-hmm. 
And this is like what you referenced at the top of the show. So you want to tell the kids like how this conversation went down? Uh, so Vic, I think, kind of is looking for some thanks for his uh, solving this case for Claudette's ex-husband. And she's just kind of, you know, giving him the brush off once again, being like, you know, Dutch. He'll do everything. <laughs> Fuck you. And so uh, Vic's kind of just like, all right, it's clear that me and you don't get along. Let's just agree to not work together anymore. And uh, Claudette kind of just says, you know, hey, uh, the question isn't whether I can work with you. It's how you're going to handle working for me. Yeah. This is where it sinks into Vic that, oh, shit, Claudette's going to be the next captain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just kind of gets up, and that's the end of that. Yeah. He knows he's fucked at this point. (laughs) It's not good. Oh, it's not ideal. It's not good at all for Vic. (laughs) It's, I would say it's definitely worse than Acevedo. <laughs> oh, it's way worse. Like he would, he would take Acevedo in a heartbeat. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's kind of like the election, Jank. Like I would take George W. Bush over Trump. I'm not getting political here, <laughs> but true. that's kind of where Vic is. Like I'll just take Acevedo. Like yeah, he's great compared to Claudette being captain. <laughs> um, yeah, she's got a mad on for him that's not going away. Uh, we find out that Crossbones and his buddy got fired. I don't know the buddy's name. I don't even know Crossbones. Uh, Jackson and Carlson. Oh, okay. Well, they got the boot, too. I guess, uh, is it because they put up the wanted signs, you know, last yeah. week? You know, Basically wanted because Danny ranted them out as being yeah. the ones who are giving Julian shit, so now they're fired for cause. <laughs> so, do you? yeah, that's what they say, I'm fired for cause. Now, were they on the Chiefs list, or did Acevedo decide? Because do you think the Chief knew about that? Um, I'm going to say that that was an Aceveda decision. Um, yeah, because fired for cause, that would have to be new information. Um, so yeah. did he fire 29 people that day then? It's oh, a busy day for Aceveda. Yeah, I wonder if he had any kind of leeway where he could just substitute them for two other people. Yeah, that know. could be. I don't know. Um. We see Danny getting ready to leave, and Julian comes running out, and he's like, I learned so much from you. And then uh, – We got like, along for five whole minutes once. Yeah, that one time. Yeah, that one time we had a good conversation. And Danny just tells him, like, you got you to gotta watch your back around these people. Just watch your back. <laughs> yeah. So – He does not listen very well, <laughs> as we'll find out later. We're back, we're back at Vic's apartment. Where Shane is hiding money under the chair? Oh, this is, no, this is that uh, Armenian guy. Okay. They're at his place. uh, Because they do say we're going to go hide money at your house, but I thought they were just saying that as a threat. I didn't know they were actually going to hide money at his house. Yep, they they actually are. (laughs) Now, is this like, as like, hey, listen, you know, as long as you don't rat us out, you can keep that big, because it's a huge brick of money. It's probably like... Three feet wide by three feet tall, like a big thing of $100 bills. Like, it probably weighs 60 pounds, and if you threw it at somebody, it would probably break their neck. It's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, are they letting him keep that? No, I think what they're planning on is that while he's in the hospital, or as soon as as he gets fixed up, this guy has to disappear. Uh, Like, just immediately fucking go, and because the Armenian mafia is probably going to find that money in his apartment— and come after him. So I think they're betting on the, the Armenians finding that money and thinking this guy is in cahoots with them. Oh. So they're basically just throwing that money away. <laughs> See, to <laughs> me, I took it as, as long as you're cool, 
we're gonna we're gonna hook you up. Just keep your fucking mouth shut. Here's your cut. Just once you're out of the hospital, take your money and do whatever the fuck you want with it, but keep your fucking hole shut. But they you know, they tell them specifically like get the fuck out of town. Make sure yeah. no one ever finds you ever again. All right. But so. meanwhile, they're at this dude's apartment hiding money, and they hear on the TV that Acevedo wins the election, and they didn't think that was going to happen either. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about this again later. We yeah. had a problem with this scene. Oh, okay. Um, so Claudette's daughter, we get a scene with her where she tells Claudette the reason that they were where they were was because the dad was buying flowers for the new girlfriend. Yeah, he was engaged, I guess. He had uh, gotten engaged at some point. Yeah. And nobody told Claudette they were waiting for the right time to uh, tell her, I guess. And she's like, well, why didn't you just tell me? And she's like, you just seem extra lonely lately. Mm-hmm. But it seems oh. weird, too, because, like, she's like, well, why didn't you tell me you were in town? And she's like, well, I didn't want to go back and forth. And it's like, well, all right, if you're somebody who's coming into town specifically, like, you think you might stop and see mom at least one day. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to move in or anything, but, you know, stop by <laughs> and see your mom. Yep. I thought that was now shitty. She has to. Yeah, that's, that is pretty shitty. They really, this season has not been good for the Claudette and her daughter's relationship. Like, oh. it seems like they're just oh. really growing apart. Although maybe now this kind of helps. That's not the daughter who was dating the boyfriend, right? Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, that's the same one? No, what, have we seen the other daughter then? Because she says no. she has two kids. Yeah, we, I don't think we've seen the other one. Oh. See, I, I'll be honest with you, this whole episode, I thought it was going to turn out where the daughter killed the dad out of, for oh. whatever reason. And I was, you know, because that's like, Dutch is like, she's being vague and blah, blah, blah. So I, I don't know. I thought maybe the daughter, but no, she didn't. <laughs> that would be she, dark. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, something like one of Dutch's, you know, weird fantasies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. That'd um, be tough. So we get a scene. Julian's at home. They're eating dinner. You know, he takes the garbage out. And then he gets blanket partied. Blanket party. Yeah. I wonder or how long they were house. out there. Like, did they know he was going to take the garbage out that night? Like, what are the odds of that? I yeah that is weird yeah what if he didn't take I don't take the garbage out every night no so every yeah a couple of days yeah that's Will a good point. show up every night <laughs> see now I yeah see I guess I wasn't thinking logically here either because I thought I thought they did it just because he's gay and because like because he make Crossbones makes a reference like you you blanket party that that dude and you're gay. But so I thought they were doing it because he was gay. But, yeah, maybe they do think that he ratted on them. Yeah, I think the, yeah. I think Danny ratting them out definitely just made it look like Julian ratted them out. And then that was a big factor in why they uh, decided to go this far. Yeah. Um, we get a scene with Vic at home where he's telling the wife, like, you know, he comes over. He's like, I, I would have called, but you changed the phone number. It, 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 none of this makes sense to me. Yeah, um, that's none of this at all makes sense. I but, that you're mad at him, but why change your old phone number? Yeah, your whole phone number and stuff? You no one call does it. that. Nobody does that. And look, once again, Vic really hasn't done anything to you specifically. I understand you were in danger, but Vic's a cop. That could have happened anyway. You know I think it's only because he was banging out Emma. But I get that. But, you know, once again, like she didn't want nothing to do with him. Yeah. 
he didn't even know where the fuck she was. It's true. It's not like, oh, hey, you know, I don't know, whatever. I don't get the whole fucking wife. She's so cunty about it. (laughs) But whatever. What are you going to do? So we get that whole scene, and Vic's like, don't, don't worry. No matter what happens, you, you're going to be taken care of. The kids are going to be taken care of. And it just seems weird. It's almost like, oh, he's dying, but he's not dying. But it no, just seemed like he's that. He's got a bunch of money now. <laughs> and then we get a montage with Live. I think the band Live yeah. is the music playing here. Overcome uh, by Live. I like yeah. this song a lot. Are you a fan of Live? Yeah. I mean, not like a super fan, but definitely I, I enjoy it quite a few of their songs i i saw live in concert once they're they're a pennsylvania bands you know mm-hmm. they're from york pa so they, i did see them once they have they, they, yeah i hear you like i don't like live now like when i as soon as i heard it i'm like ha, 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 this is live i know it's live because that yep. that dude's voice is very distinctive like you know right away it's like yeah, that song, you know, I it's okay. Like they were okay. I mean, I'm not shitting on I'm not shitting on that dude. Like back in 90 whatever when they were huge, I was into them. Yeah, they were I was into them. Same here. And since they were, you know, a Pennsylvania band, like we liked them even a little bit more cuz you know, hey, they're only from, you know, 2 hours away. That's cool. They have one song off their Throwing Copper CD. It's called Pillar of Davidson that I always really liked that song. It was never anything they released or anything. It was just, you know, uh, I think it's later on that song. Yeah, but I always loved that song. I used to listen to that a lot, especially like towards the end. It gets a little more like, you know, there's like a big crescendo type of thing that goes on. It might suck now. I haven't heard it in 20 (laughs) years, but I used to like it back in the day. Yeah, I still like quite a bit of their songs. Even this song I do have on my iPod, this Overcome song. So uh, all thanks to this episode. He has a very <laughs> odd voice. It's just He does. It's very distinctive. But I, I like that usually. Like I yeah. like people that have memorable voices, not just, you know, mm-hmm. eh, sure, this sounds good, but I'll, who cares? Yeah, I agree. Um, So, yeah, there's a whole montage going. We see... Uh, we see Dutch in the montage. He's showing up to where the money train was. Yeah, so he is on the case now of the money He's train. He's on the case. That's going to be we, trouble come season three. We see Aceveda. He's, you know... He's dancing with the, with the hot wife because, you know, they're celebrating the election. He, he's at his, I don't know, <laughs> campaign headquarters or wherever they're at. And, you know, they're all having a little party. We see the strike team. They're all down in the big, I don't know what that is. Like, where are yeah. they? Like, uh, it seems almost like an apartment complex. Something. It's in the, like the courtyard in the middle or it's like a storage unit building. But and on. Yeah. In the center is a giant table with all the money, and there is a lot of money. Yeah. Once again, didn't get this. Why would they break that all up? Why wouldn't they leave that in bigger blocks instead of, like, you know, individual packs of thousand or whatever that is? It Wouldn't it be easier once trying to get it to wherever you're going, like, to leave it as big chunks of whatever? They're probably going to do the whole, like, indecent proposal thing and I'll just get naked and roll around. Yeah. All right. Well, then, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you definitely want to break that up then. Um, But the thing about this was nobody looked happy standing around. They all looked miserable. Yeah. Until Vic got there. He was was the happy one. 
Yeah, Vic looked happy, and then he looks around, and everybody's miserable, and then he's kind of like, all right, well, then I'll be miserable, too. Dower, whatever the <laughs> yeah. term you want to use. Way to be a bunch of Debbie Downers. It didn't make sense. You'd think they'd all be high-fiving and like, oh, we fucking did it. Do we ever get a total? Like, do they ever say how much they think is in there before they steal that? Because there's a shit ton of money. Yeah, I think they do. I think we'll we'll find that out next season. We'll oh, get some, more, season. some actual numbers. But, yeah, I, th- I think it's just they, they kind of realize, oh, shit, like, this is going to be the rest of our lives is trying to keep this hidden. Uh, so I, I get it why, you know, on one hand, you'd be excited, but at the same time, you just realized, oh, shit, what have we done? Like, <laughs> yeah, we've just invited so much trouble into our lives. Well, that's a lot of money. Yep. I like I it. solve a lot of problems. And that's where we end this season, Jank. Yeah. So a good, you know, last five minutes. <laughs> I went seven out of ten on this episode. Yeah, that's fair. It's not great. It's not horrible. It was just kind of like I said, I, all right, there you go. We're done. We made it through yeah. another season. The, uh, the, the case that Vic and Tavon are working on isn't really terribly interesting. Um, <laughs> so that kind of drags it down. No. Yeah, and, I hear it. And it's just, it's it's very just like Vic's trying to get away to go to the money train. It just seems like, boy, that's also going to make Tavon suspicious. Like, where does this guy have to go for an hour that severely right now? I've been be talking to the strike team guys all day. Even though, like, you know, they built this money train up from, like, the beginning, I don't know, not the beginning of this season, but maybe, like, four or five, six episodes in, they, they, they make reference to the money train. And then they start playing the money train. The money train, it wasn't that dramatic and stuff. I thought it would have been a little like this whole episode should have been just money train things going on. And yeah. Just intense them trying. I don't know. Like it was just kind of like an afterthought. Like it, I'll be honest with you, it didn't seem like that big of a deal to get in there and take that money. If you had like, I think it uh, is. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you can't do like a whole Ocean's Eleven type elaborate thing like that. Right. It just has to be, you know, hey, let's get in there and hopefully no one shoots at us and hopefully yeah. we get out of there. So I guess it's bound to be a little anticlimactic um, in, in what that crime would actually be like. But the good thing is all the stuff that comes from it after this, uh, where basically, I mean, all next season is about trying to keep it hidden. And a good portion of the show going forward is about that. So it's really the after effects of the money train robbery that's really going to pay off dividends. All right. Yeah, see, once again, I don't remember shit. Um, what I did do was I went back through all 13 episodes and got an average score. Like, I took my out of 10s per episode. So, the season for me, based on my rankings, ended up being a 7.3 out of 10. That's where season two ended up. I don't know. It's pretty solid. Because, I'll, I'll be honest with you, like, it started off kind of solid. I had, you know, some eights. You know, up in, up in there, but like from maybe middle of the thing towards the end, like it, it, it was all a lot, of, a lot of fives and sixes. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. This season is a little uneven in the fact that they it seemed like there was a lot of things they set up early on in the season, and then either paid them off or just got rid of them by the time Armadillo died. And then they were just like, oh, here's this random flashback episode, and the last couple episodes we don't really know what to do, yeah. <laughs> other than build slowly towards the money train yeah so it's like they ran out of steam they did run out of steam many episodes or something yes i agree i agree (laughs) which will be fun when they add two more episodes next season (laughs) 
Oh, is it 15 episodes? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But I thought I thought season three is better paced, and the, the plot lines go through the whole season more. <laughs> Lightning quick. All right, so... Um, I'll what's love it? you. <laughs> I'll love you. All right, so let's award this thing, Jank. All right, let's do it. Best quotes, I don't really have very many. <laughs> I don't. I don't have many either. Here's the only couple quotes I have. Um, at one point, uh, Lem, <laughs> Lem, Lem turns to Shane and just goes, Cletus Van Dam. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, questions his alias. And um, oh, where's the other quote? Oh, when that dude... When, when Shane and Lem are watching the money train shit go down and the random car pulls in and that dude gets out and they all start talking and Lem's like, what are they saying? And then Shane goes, what? Like I speak European hick. I thought that was a good line. <laughs> yep. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think I have any other quotes. There wasn't a lot of good there wasn't a lot of good, like, smart-assy quotes in this episode. No, it's all very just story-based and moving the plot forward without actually having a lot of, like, color to it. Yeah. Do you um, have anything? I've got a little bit, uh, you know, a classic LCS hockey quote, follow the money. <laughs> oh, yeah. They <laughs> Somebody said that. that in this episode, so yeah. that was good. Um, I like when uh, the Lops is just like, your partner's a goddamn psycho. And Big just kind of laughs and like, yes, he is. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I think Vic like he, really gained you can tell he likes the yeah. table on this one. Yeah, he definitely did. That's for sure. Because that scene where he's like, where he's Russian rouletting that guy, Vic is loving it. Yep. He's just kind of sitting there with a grin, like, "Holy shit, I can fucking, I can get behind this dude." He was I like honestly, this like going a little like overboard, hamming it up. Like, yeah. They didn't even think this guy was in any danger because the way Vic was acting. Just yep. like, oh. He clearly knows there's no bullet, and he's showing it. Um, the, uh, the the Vic and Claudette quote, uh, I think that's probably the best quote of the episode, really. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's the best. Yeah, it's not smart-assy or anything, but it's just like, yeah, you're fucked. <laughs> like when uh, Vic on the phone, he's like, you planned for three, you still got three. And Shane's like, well, that's when you were one of the three. <laughs> <laughs> he knows any good plan needs Vic (laughs) yes I hear you and then Vic's like yeah I I trust you just go (laughs) oh yeah and I think the only other one is a good out of context quote but you know when they're trying to pick the guy out of the lineup and Claudette Stoddard's like I'd start with number two (laughs) oh yeah 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 (laughs) just say that in other contexts and it's 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 good but in the context of the show not so much Cletus Van Dam. <laughs> All right. All so, right. Yeah. Let's uh, move on to the Kristen Bell for the best guest star. You know, I went with Radiohead because there wasn't, once again, <laughs> not a lot going on here. Radiohead's in it for a minute. He smells yeah. real bad. I guess he's kind of funny for that second or two, but not not too many different people in this episode. I couldn't find anyone that was in Pacific Blue, but I think Radiohead was on uh, Friday the 13th, the series. Oh, God, that show sucked. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, <laughs> I've never seen it, but show. I've heard nothing but terrible things. Oh, what a fucking crock of bullshit that was. <laughs> By the way, I'm watching Sleepaway Camp right now, if anybody cares. No, that <sighs> should be a series. Yeah, Mel just found uh, Meg in the shower. Yes. Not you, Meg. He, <laughs> the line he delivers is so bad. We're, we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to tell the people we're doing a Sleepaway Camp special. Yeah. Maybe this weekend. And or maybe yeah, in a week or so, it'll be happening. Uh, yeah. Well, as soon as we have exact details, we will be sure sure to get those out to you. We might do a bonus episode, or in lieu of starting season three next week, we might just do Sleepaway Camp and start season three in two weeks. Then, you know, yeah. break it up a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep you posted, Lance, because you're the only one really listening. And he's not even going to listen to the Sleepaway Camp episode because, you know, oh. he doesn't watch horror movies and she, he don't give a fuck about that. Oh, he doesn't like horror movies at all? Nah. No, Damn. not at all. Nah. So, all right. But yeah, stay tuned. I'm something. excited about it because I want to talk about Sleepaway Camp all the time. Me too. Now, <laughs> it's so damn good. Are we going to talk – is our special going to be like Sleepaway Camp 1, 2, 3 or just the original number one? That's a good question. I don't know. Like, I guess we'll see how – if we run out of stuff to talk about in the first one, although I doubt we will. Yeah, I doubt uh, we will. Because maybe we can come back maybe after – Season three, we'll come back and do Sleepaway Camp too. Oh yeah, we could do that. Yeah, we could. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it that way because two and three are much, much different than one. Yes. Not just killer wise, but whole feel of the movie. Like two and three is like a wink, wink, nod, nod type of you know horror movie. Whereas one's yeah, a there's very, some slapstick and jokes and like yeah, one's more straightforward and serious and you know it's 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 a little different. They're different movies, but they're yes. they're also good in their own right. But we'll get to that later. Who cares? We're talking the Shield right now, Jank. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, um, yeah, so I went with uh, Herzl Toby. <laughs> I guess his name is Herzl. Um, he played Armin. Trekian. He was the, oh, uh, the, the Armenian. Yep, that's the okay. guy. Um, right. This guy reminded me of like an Armenian Dracula. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. He was like, you, of course you're not mad. You drive a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Blah>. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Count blah. <laughs> it was like Dracula slash Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these people? <laughs> yeah. Oh, good lord! So, I thought he was all right. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, what the fuck? All right. Uh, let's see. MVP of the episode. Who do you got for MVP? I went with Tavon. Nice. Because that gun scene, the Russian roulette scene, and you know he he's the one that chased down that uh, shooter. I can't remember the guy's name now, but he's the one that caught that dude in the street. So. I'm not saying he was the best part of this episode, but he definitely did the best work in this episode, I thought. Yeah. And then Vic, you know, just takes off and leaves him to do all the paperwork. Yeah. And getting those other shooters and shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's I saw doing him. all the heavy lifting for the strike team in this episode. While the other three guys are off in one day. That doesn't make sense. I'll be honest with you. This this episode sold me on Tavon. I was like, get the fuck, get Ronnie the fuck out of there, and let's get Tavon <laughs> in on a regular basis. You said what? He's in like eleven episodes, so we'll probably see him like five more times. Yeah, I don't remember. 
I don't want to. All right, don't spoil it. I was gonna say. I hope he doesn't get killed. I don't want him to get killed. I, I'm kind of into him now. Yeah, Tavon's cool. Yeah, I don't know what happens to him, but I don't want him to get shot. That's all. Not that it matters. He's not. He's not really gonna get shot. He, he's just an actor. <laughs> yeah. Kind of role. yeah, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, he's, he's he's been in other things. He's he was good. in Cabin in the Woods in 2010. He's fine. Oh, he's in that movie. Yeah. See, I haven't seen that since. You know, I've been watching The Shield, so I'll have to go back and watch that now. Yeah, he was like the security guard kind of in the underground. Uh, oh, okay. All right. That movie sucks, by the way. Oh. All right, so. <laughs> it's just so dumb at the end. Like, what? <laughs> None of this makes sense. None of this is it's just so far-fetched and stupid. <laughs> but up until that point, it's okay. Yeah, well, the, the ending doesn't ruin it for me. It's a little weird, but. I don't know. I still like the rest of it so much. It's it's one of those things where you're like, what? All right. Well, I know that made sense. I thought this was just a teen slasher movie, but nah, it's crazy. All right. Yep. So, so who do you got for MVP? Um, I went with Shane on this one. Uh-huh. Uh, I th- I really like Shane this episode. He was quick on his feet with the whole Cletus Van Dam thing and getting the guy's cell phone number. He's the whole thing where he's just like, yeah, I'm not home much. So give me your cell phone number and uh, we can catch it up that way. Like I thought that was good. That was slick. Um, and then later on, he showed a lot of maturity by trying to call off the money train. That's, once there that's, was bodies. that's the thing with Shane. He's either very composed and <laughs> together and getting shit done, or he's a total fucking moron. There's no middle ground with that guy. It's true. He's either getting the job done or you can't even count on him to pick your paper up off the front lawn. Nope. <laughs> but this was no one sense. of those rare opportunities where he was actually uh, right on his game. So um, yeah. I appreciated that. All right. Give yeah. him MVP. Fair enough. That's solid. All right. Uh, the Vendrell Cup for the biggest fuck up is our next award. I got nothing here. Oh. Nobody really fucked up, in my opinion. Not fucked up enough to where it really affected anything to me. Okay. What do you got? Uh, I had two. I'm gonna say my my runner-up would be Danny for basically getting Julian beaten up. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't make that correlation until you brought it up because I'm a dumbass, so I didn't <laughs> even think of that. But uh, my overall uh, winner is the strike team. <laughs> Uh, the whole strike team as a unit. Um, clearly, you can tell already that there was a lot of loose ends on this whole money train thing. Uh, a lot of things where they it was not a good idea to go ahead, and they went ahead anyway. They left a lot of things open that are clearly going to come back to haunt them. Um, so while it was a success, there's definitely a lot of open ends. And uh, overall, just in the in the history of the show... To me, the money train is where their fate officially becomes sealed. Because it's basically, you can see, like the way this episode is called Domino's Falling, this is basically the first domino in a chain reaction that's going to lead all the way to the finale and the ultimate fate of the, the strike team, which, you know, ain't great. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Now that you say that, I do remember the money train being a big factor. And I thought, like, wow, that's cool that there's still, like, you know, there's still like, hey, you know, every action has a reaction and we haven't fucking we haven't solved this one yet. And, you know, the ending's not good. Like the, they start out with the, obviously Vic killing Terry, but which, you know, as an audience, you expect Vic's going to pay for that someday. 
But I think they could have, if they had stopped after that, if they just, you know, were like, we're going to clean up our act, I think they would have been fine. <laughs> yeah. But the money train, that sets into motion a whole bunch of things where it's just like, nope, now now you're fucked. <laughs> so tell me, Jake, like, because I haven't seen it in a long time. Is season seven, that, that there's only seven seasons, right? Yep. Is season seven as awesome as I'm remembering it being? Like, because I remember, like, walking away from the shield going, God damn, that was one of the greatest fucking police shows I've ever watched. Uh, yeah. Um, I, th- I don't know about the entire season seven, but I certainly know, like, the last couple episodes, yes. Dynamite. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> yep. So, I love the ending. I love all of it. <laughs> So we'll probably get to season seven around spring, I'm thinking. Yeah, that's yeah, probably about so, right. Yeah, we got like six, seven months to go before we're there, but we'll get there. <laughs> How many sleepaway camp breaks we take? <laughs> yeah, well, can't be more than four. <laughs> Some sleepaway camp still has to happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and according to... Uh, you know, Felissa Rose, uh, I'm watching the last drive-in version with her on it. Have you watched that version where, like... No. Well, okay, so, you know, you have you ever watched the last drive-in? Yes, a little bit. Okay, so, like, in between breaks, when they come back and they're in the studio, like, she's there and he's asking questions and shit. But he makes reference to, like, aren't you working on a new Sleepaway Camp movie? And she's like, shh. Like that, so I uh, I don't know if they're rebooting this thing, but oh she's gonna God. be like so, somehow involved. I don't know if she's an executive producer type, that sort of thing. But we'll get into that on the Sleepaway Camp episode, Jenko. I don't <laughs> we don't have to talk about that now. We'll All right, that. I'm All excited. Right. Yeah, me too. All right, well we got the uh, the Dumpy Award for the worst part of the episode. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I have two. I don't <laughs> okay. know. If, I don't know if you want to go first, because I always go first. I feel like I steal your thunder sometimes. Uh, I'll go go first. Mine's pretty quick. Uh, Mine, as we kind of alluded to earlier, was the scene where they're planting the money uh, in that guy's place. And the TV is on so that they, uh, Vic and Shane, hear the election results. Which I get why they did it, because they wanted to show their reaction. And like, oh shit, Aceveda's going to be our boss's boss now. Like, we're fucked. Like, I get that, but why was his TV on when he wasn't there? Yes. He just, I mean, I've seen people do that when they have pets or something, like, because their dog will get lonely, but there was no dog. There was no barking. There was no dog coming up to greet them. There was nothing. <laughs> he appeared to have no pets, but his TV was just on. Yeah, I, I thought about that, too, and then I thought, oh, well, maybe they turned it on for some reason. I don't know. Hmm. Cause yeah, I know like cover up the noise or something. Maybe. Cause I know when I get home, like first thing I do is turn the TV on. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I need it. I'm lonely without it. I, I love TV. Same. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I could see that, you know, and yeah, I don't ever just, I would never go to work and leave my TV on and I have a dog, <laughs> yeah. but I don't yeah. leave the TV. At least that would be somewhat of an excuse, but this guy had nothing. Yeah. I hear you. It's weird. Um, what do you got? Well, I got two. I got, you know, my normal Vic at home, all that shit I could do without Vic and the wife. I don't care anymore. I, I just, God, I wish Armadillo would have got to her. Um, And then, I, like, the Claudette and the daughter stuff. I don't know. Like, I get it. You know, we need to establish that, you know, Claudette's, you know, growing apart from her kids and shit. But it just wasn't compelling in this episode to me. 
Yeah, I can see that. It was just kind of weird. Like, once again, I bring up the fact that I don't understand why the daughter wouldn't even have called her mom. Like, hey, I haven't seen you in, uh, you know, 10 months. I'm in town. Yeah, that that's really <laughs> shitty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I just yeah. went with those two. Vic at home's always going to win, though. That's fair. I'm always going to bring that up, Vic at home. I did like the stuff with uh, Dutch and Claudette again this episode. Like, the two of them really are the heart of this show. Like, yeah. they're the one set of people who actually genuinely i think care about each other they're the moral barometer yeah while everybody else is kind of shitty around them they seem to always be doing the right thing no matter how tough it is yeah at least right now yeah their their relationship stuff i'm gonna get a little bit strained as we head towards the end of season three um but yeah i mean i I like them They're, they're great together all right spoil something for me jake they don't ever bang right (laughs) <laughs> no. All right, all right. <laughs> that would be terrible if they did. That would that yeah. make no sense at all. No, they are much better as partners and, and friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> I could never they are not them. Pam and Jim. No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> that would be disturbing on every level. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, well, I guess let's, before we get to the, uh, the recasting, let's, uh, let's talk just a little bit about the season as a whole. Um, what, what we'll kind of remember this season for. Um, I guess the biggest thing that I'll always take away from season two was the Armadillo stuff and yeah. all the, the people's faces getting burned on grills. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie still has, like, the, the lines on his face. Yeah. I used to get that haircut in the summer back in the 80s. Like, I'd get those three lines shaved on the side of my head, like, over the ears. Oh, yeah. Time. And that's what Ronnie's face looks like now, except it's on his <laughs> cheek. He's like bullseye. In the, uh, the Daredevil Oh, movie. yeah, yeah. He does kind but of look like cheap. Bullseye. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, that was a big one. Uh, this is the season where Vic and Aceveda tried to make a truce for at least most of the season and ended up not working out. Yep. Um, but then he did make a new, powerful new enemy in Claudette. Their relationship took a real turn for the worse this season. As and, much as I bitched about her this season, I really liked the element that civilian bitch brought. Yeah. Where, you know, you never know who's on the chopping block. You don't know if she's trying to, like, get people in trouble or not, but by the end you find out, yeah, yeah, she de- she definitely just a big C about everything. But as much as I hate her, like, she was awesome about it. That's true. She did bring a lot of drama to the show. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Although I wasn't sad that she wasn't in this episode. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm quite happy about that. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> but yeah that at least was one thread that they kind of kept going throughout the entire season uh, yeah so that that's good unlike the uh the danny and the the arabian guy's wife like they just kind of dropped that like i don't know how how else that could have played out like it's not like she, oh she's she's gonna push it too far and danny has to kill her or something like that like that's just too goofy but it kind of just petered out at a certain point yeah. like, then it became but uh armadillo dying in the cage and man i really wish I just wish the Armadillo thing would have lasted longer. Like, the whole green lighting yeah, yeah. and all that. Like, they could have really pulled that out for four more episodes, I thought. That guy was great. Have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy was awesome. The guy who plays Armadillo is like, he's so good at it. Yeah. yeah. Like, especially with you, you have his brother. Like, you could have done more with the brother first and then built up Armadillo as, like, the even bigger bad. Like, have the brother be, you know, like a two-episode thing instead of just getting him out of the way in, like, one. 
Yeah. They could have. They definitely could have spaced this episode or this season out more. I think. Yeah. Okay, so Aceveda wins. He's not the captain anymore, but yet, according to IMDb, he's in every episode. <laughs> yeah. But I don't, I don't remember him being any sort of like politician. Oh, really? really? No. Um, well, I mean, next season he will still be the captain, or at least kind of the captain for a good portion of it. They're they're very much trying to transition uh, between him and Claudette. And yes, he was definitely a politician after that. Uh, next season is really when Aceveda's storyline takes some crazy turns. All right. I'm I sure like you remember them. <laughs> I probably will once I start watching them, but like to oh. think right now, like what, what went on, I have no idea. Really? No. Man, it's something I, I can't believe you would have forgotten this. But Jank, I yeah. forget everything, dude. <laughs> I really honest to God do. There's a, there's a crazy turn for Aceveda about halfway, I think, through next season. So, you got that Through season back. three? Yeah, season three. All right. All right. Uh, also, season two is the season where, you know, Vic's wife runs out on him and all that shit. Gilroy. The Gilroy stuff was good. Yeah. I mean, all, I could always watch Gilroy fuck shit up. He was good. Yeah. He was uh, around drunk. That's always good. Season two, we got to see Kristen Bell, so I'm always happy about that. Tulips came back. Oh, yeah, Tulips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But and, uh, Dutch, so they kind of took Dutch down a peg with the whole Marcy thing and uh, his whole weird nihilistic attitude he had for a while. Yeah, that but was But he's, he's good. come out of it again strong. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, nihilistic uh, Dutch was great. Yeah. Like eating that apple, just making like who gives a shit comments, you know, about things. It was, it was pretty good. I like Thinking that. about planning oh. evidence. Oh yeah. Barely yeah. not doing it. He almost did it. Like when well, he did do it, but he went yeah. back. Yeah. Stick it back. Yeah. <laughs> no take backs. No take backs, dude. <laughs> so but yeah, all all, definitely some good stuff. Solid season, not awesome. Yeah, I would agree. I think with season that. one was better. Oh. I See, I think I like two better just because it's, it has more of a storyline throughout the whole season, whereas the first one was just kind of, you know, episode to episode, more standalones. I, I, I agree in that aspect, but I thought that the episodes were better, like they were more compelling mm. and intriguing. Like, I, you know, I'm looking back through my notes and I got all eights and nines in season one. I, there's just a lot of like I have a five in here, but I have a couple fives in season two. I just thought season one was better as just interesting TV. That's probably fair. Yeah. yeah. I can't argue with you there. Um, but all in all, we're done, Jank. We're done. We made it through yeah. season two. Well, we just have one thing left to do here. We got to uh, talk about some recasting. Yeah. Uh, for Hit some... the music, Jank. Who would they be? If they weren't on the shield. All right. So uh, this is where we try to find uh, different roles for people on the shield and put them into wrestling roles this season. Uh, so we've got this week. We're just going to do any of the random characters that we haven't done yet. Uh, smaller characters pick. See if we can find wrestlers that they could be. Yep. 
I always like you to go first. I don't know how many people you have or what you got written down, but I like to hear your take first because, you know, you're not as versed in the wrestling world as I am. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, mine will be much shorter, I'm sure. Um, So I've got tulips. Of course, I was going to try to put tulips in there somewhere. Yeah, all right. Um, So I want Stacey Keebler for uh, tulips. I, I could see that, but I took tulips and I went with Tori Wilson, who I didn't ever find as attractive as Stacey Keebler. But um, yeah, they were like they were two girls like they I, they I think they used to wrestle each other all the time. Like they were both in the WWF at the same at that same time. Tori Wilson and oh. Stacey Keebler. I love Stacey Keebler. I did not love Tori Wilson. Um, but I think Tulips looked more like Tori Wilson than Stacey Keebler. So that's weird you said that. I went with Tori Wilson. <laughs> nice. We both or, too. We're on the same page. Yeah. Yep. I like All right. It. I like it. Who else you got? Uh, well, our girl Kristen Bell. Um, I had to give her one. <laughs> so uh, I tr- decided to put her as Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I wanted to see her with like the, the pink in the hair. Oh, oh yeah i could see yeah i could see alexa bliss five feet of fury alexa bliss is real small <laughs> real wee tiny she's small um mike dell you know he always gets upset about her mike dell is is our buddy that if anybody listening doesn't know he's a, he's a friend of ours but he always <laughs> thinks that vince mcmahon loves alexa bliss too much and too many belts and she's you know whatever and i could see that i get it um but she is cute though yeah, very she cute. Has, she has a pet pig named, I think his name's Larry Steve, or maybe it's Steve Larry, something like Uh-oh. that. But, like I, he might have his own Instagram page at this point, but he, he's a very famous pet pig of hers. Like she's into that sort of thing. She's also into Disney. I know that she's way into oh, Disney. Yeah. Well, but, Kristen Bell was in Frozen, wasn't she? Yes. There we go. <laughs> Speaking of Frozen, am I the only one that likes that commercial where that lady who sings, you know, who plays Elsa in the, she comes in talking about uh, that, uh, there's a lady doing something on her computer and she comes in like, doing your taxidermy, and then she's like, "Uh, it's tax attorney. I read that wrong, yeah! (laughs) Do you know what commercial I'm talking about? I've never seen this. All right, well, I I really like it. Yeah, I really, I don't know, know. it might be for, I don't even know what it's for, I'm going to be honest with you, but whoever plays Elsa, whoever sings, like, Let It Go in that, it's this lady, the one, remember John Travolta mispronounced her name at the Oscars (laughs) that year? I think uh, I think she played Adam Sandler's wife in uh, what's that movie? Uncut Gems. Oh, see, I still haven't watched that yet. I still haven't seen oh, it. so good. It seems too manic. Yeah, it sure is. But yeah. I think that's why I like about it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know her name, Adina Mazel, according to um, yeah, John Travolta. That's her. I don't know her real name, but she's in a TV commercial, and that just maybe I like it. I think it's funny. Hmm. I haven't seen it, so I can't yeah. be the judge. I don't know if I'm hitting that age where, like, I find TV commercials funny. It's like, you know, oh, you're getting old now, Larry. I used to. And then, like, I hit a point where it's just like, nope, not anymore. Nah. But maybe maybe it'll come back. Yeah, because I hate commercials with a passion. I never uh, I know. Yeah. They're brutal. All right. So so who did you just say? Oh, Alexa Bliss for Kristen yeah. Bell. Is that who you got? Um. Well, I decided 
to throw uh, Corinne, you know, Vic's wife. Uh, she could be Sheila the She-Wolf from Glow. <laughs> that weird, like, wolf girl. Oh, I don't remember. I'm going to look her up. <laughs> Sheila the She-Wolf. <laughs> She's just kind of weird looking. <laughs> all right. All right. Yeah, we'll go with that one. I don't remember this lady at all. Oh. Yeah, she was, she's a bigger character. Uh, but that's, that's just struck me for her. Yeah. And uh, the chief, I decided in his younger days, he could probably be a pretty good junkyard dog. <laughs> oh, Oh, yeah, I, I was trying to think of the chief, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know who the chief could be. He looks like James Earl Jones to me. Mm-hmm. He could be like, you know, Tim Earl Jones or something like that. Like, maybe <laughs> it's a brother or whatever. Um, speaking of which, we'll be talking about James Earl Jones a little bit uh, when we do the sleepaway camp thing. But I'm not going to get into that now. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, all right. I, I can see Junkyard Dog in there. I, I used yeah. to love Junkyard Dog. Do, do you remember that guy, or did you just Google well, I, you and uh, your show introduced me to uh, Grab Them Cakes. Oh, which yeah. Which is just a phenomenal song. Because <laughs> it's G-R-A-B-T-H-E-M-C-A-K-E-S. Wow! Grab Them Cakes. <laughs> is that all you do? Yeah, I, that, that that is a great theme song for a wrestler. He used to come in and, you know, dance a little bit. He had a chain. He, he used to be at something called, uh, I think it was called Mid-South Wrestling. He, he was more, I think he was more mean in there not as cartoonish as he was in the wwe he wasn't grabbing them cakes no he was not grabbing cakes in itself no no he was more just punching people in the face and stuff yeah i I used to love junkyard dog as a kid yeah that that song is phenomenal i wish he had a whole album uh well there's a whole album of theme songs like you know it has like like i am a real american and uh eat your heart out rick springfield by jimmy the mouth of the south heart uh i can't remember the name of the album but i'm pretty sure grab them cakes is on there yeah oh i've got that song on my ipod ever since you guys oh all right how long is that is it like is that like a 45 second clip or is there a whole like two three minute version of that oh it's yeah it's a whole like three minute version there's like a bridge where he's just howling (laughs) (laughs) yeah he used to bark and all that kind of shit yeah I, I could see that. All right, you got anybody else? Oh, uh, that's all I got. All right. All right. So as, as, as we already talked about, I, I said Tori Wilson for tulips. Um, I was able to pull her up, and yeah, I could see that too. Yeah. She's also yeah, just, pretty good looking. Because Tori Wilson was pretty slutty too back in the day. Like she wasn't <laughs> afraid to barely have clothes on. You know, PCs, <laughs> yeah. Songs and that kind of shit. When the Attitude Era was going strong, they were getting away with some stuff back then. And Tori Wilson wasn't afraid to, you know, dress down. Wasn't scared of it. <laughs> All right, awesome. so uh, Crossbones, whatever his name yeah. is, on the show. Frank Grillo. Yeah, Frank uh, Grillo. Jackson or Carlson. One of the two. Right. <laughs> or Carlson. <laughs> um, I went with the Big Boss Man. Not so much in the sense that. Uh, he doesn't necessarily look like the big boss man, but the big boss man's character was like, he was a security guard that just loved to beat people with his billy club. And Crossbones <laughs> loves to find gay guys and just beat the hell out of them with his club. So, that is true. That's why I went that with That is very guy. true. Big boss man from Crossbones. He doesn't look like him. Um, Armadillo. I, like I like it a lot. Oh, Armadillo, like yeah. Our Alberto Del Rio. I could see Armadillo being Alberto Del Rio. Now, I don't know if you know who Alberto Del Rio is, but 
He and Paige, do you know who Paige is? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, he for and sure. Paige were a thing for a while, and they were high together a lot. <laughs> I think that's where, like, that's where Paige made a bad turn. Like, she got into coke and stuff, and, you know, things were going bad. But I, I he just, he, he had the kind of persona, like, he was cool and collected like Armadillo. He kind of looks like Armadillo a little bit, so that's why I went with that. Um, Looks like a lot of shots of him in like a speedo, so that's very Armadillo esque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always, always wore taking the, his clothes off. He always wore the uh, he always wore the, the the speedo tights, which I would never ever do. I'm also six <laughs> no. five, so if I put those things on, I'd look like I was seven foot five because I'm all leg, and that would make me look even taller and dumber. It would look. <laughs> the thing about Alberto Del Rio, back when he was in the WWE, he used to have a manager. A mouthpiece kind of guy that would walk him out to the ring. And I can't remember his name. I want to say it's like Ricardo Rodriguez. That might be it. But that guy was awesome. He was like his own personal announcer. And he made Alberto Del Rio better. And then they ended up firing like Ricardo Rodriguez. I think they I, – I can't remember why. He might have like got busted for weed or something. So they God, fired that God. guy. And then all of a sudden Alberto Del Rio wasn't nearly as interesting anymore once that mouthpiece was gone. But then he got fired. Even if you're just a mouthpiece, you can't smoke weed. You're not wrestling. No, now you can. Like apparently now, like it's kind of like, oh, we we're not gonna fire you for that. But if we find out you're smoking weed, you get fined or whatever. And it's you know, I I from what I hear, it's nothing major. Like you know, you know, two hundred dollar fine, whatever. So they kind of look the other way on weed. Um, Joe Clark. Uh, yeah. Uh, Vic Mackey's old mentor, partner, that sort of thing, played by Carl Weathers. I went with Ron Simmons. Ron Simmons was a uh, he's been around a long time. He's been he's been a couple different guys. Uh, he was Farouk. Uh, but, you know, I just I, I know him as Ron Simmons. I think that's his real name is Ron Simmons. So he's kind of got the same build, same kind of demeanor. Uh, as as Carl Weathers is Joe Clark, like old school kind of guy. You don't want to fuck around. Just a big dude that's gonna punch you in the mouth if you get you know get lippy with him and shit. Yeah, I can see that. He looks they look a lot alike. Ah, uh, yeah. And because and also uh, for Joe Clark, I went with uh, Apollo Creed. I don't know why. I know he's not a wrestler per se, but I don't know. He just kind of reminds me of Apollo Creed. <laughs> Mr. T could be in there. Why not? Yeah. Hell yeah. And finally, Acevedo's wife. I went with Lita. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just glad you can find yourself to one and didn't list off every woman who was ever in the WWE. No. Like you did with superheroes. Oh, I do like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember I did do that. <laughs> I love Acevedo's wife. Aurora. Aurora Acevedo. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I, I really like her on the show. She's just, she's got these great eyes. I don't know what's going on with them, but they're awesome. I'm going to look up this Lita. Uh, yeah, like back in the day, not, you know, not now. <laughs> she just, well, she's wearing a lot of, like, bra type things, so that's good. Yeah, yeah, a lot, see mesh, a lot of mesh. A lot of mesh. A lot of crop tops. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's, you know, there's some shady shit with Lita where she was banging a couple guys at the same time. And, you know, <laughs> the two guys were friends and she was in the middle and she was fucking both of them and. Whatever, whatever. Still, I just want to. But that's all I got on the uh, recasts. I got five, those five. Oh, that's pretty good. 
Pretty yep. solid list. So that's season two in a nutshell, man. Yeah, I think we uh, we've covered it all. I'm looking on forward to season, season three. three. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's a good one, from what I recall. There's there's a lot of good shit in season three. They earn those extra two episodes. Now, does every season go 15 from this point on? No, uh, I believe it's back to 13 for season four. Then five may have only been like 11. Oh. And I think six was only 10. And then the last one is probably back to 13. All right. That's weird, though. I wonder why they went 15. It's a weird number. I think, um, yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's very strange. I guess they just had more story to tell. They're like, we just need it. All right. I mean, they were probably the biggest show on FX, so why yeah. not? Yeah, mine Who's going to well. tell them no? Yeah. They were getting ratings. Yeah. That's for sure. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I guess maybe Sleepaway Camp uh, in place of our regular episode next week, but we'll, we'll be back for sure with The Shield after that. Absolutely. So be on the lookout. And until then, bye, motherfuckers. Bye, motherfuckers. Says it does. He wants to know what your mom is putting in the cold muffin. <laughs>